I'm Alex Blumenstein. And I am Jay Rosenthal, and this is your Peak Daily for Friday, May 27th, where we cover the biggest stories in Canadian and global business, finance and tech, all in less than seven minutes. Alex, I have a a Peak fan named Matthew Rosenthal in South Florida sent us a gift to the podcast. Are you ready for it? I'm ready for it. He didn't like the sound effects we were using for zoom out and zoom in. Do you want to know what he sent us? Can we can we just can we try the sound effects just one once right now? Zoom. That's zoom out, right? The other one is zoom in. Zoom. I think. I don't know which one's which, but That's look what we good. have now. Ready? <laughs> what do you think? And for those of you who uh, can't see this, that is not a computer-generated noise. Jay has some sort of handheld, I'll call it a flute. It's a slide whistle, a gift of Matt Rosenthal. Thank you, Uncle Matt, of the slide whistle. There's one for me and one for the other co-host. That's usually not you. So I have one, Brett has one. They have our names on them. So thank you for the slide whistle. Fantastic. (laughs) First gift of the pod. Alex, aside from that, what do we have for the Peak Pals today? You got it. For our first story, the SEC proposed new requirements for funds that market themselves as ESG. And for our second story, the president of the World Bank is warning of a global recession triggered by the war in Ukraine, along with some other factors. And for our third story, Canadian art is having its moment as art prices are hitting new highs. Jay, is crypto and housing out and art in? What if you mash up art and crypto and you have NFTs? That's not the art we're talking about. Are you ready? For our first story. In an effort to bring more transparency into conscious investing, U.S. regulators are proposing new requirements for the country's $400 billion ESG, that's Environmental, Social, and Corporate Governance Asset Industry. The SEC is looking to give do-good investors more information about ESG-focused vehicles like mutual funds and ETFs by updating the rules governing disclosure requirements and fund names. Under the new rules, the SEC would limit what funds could be given the coveted ESG label based on its actual holdings. And any ESG-related funds would have to disclose how they measure progress toward those ESG goals. Alex, what prompted the closer look from the SEC? You got to follow the money, Jay. Fees charged by banks and asset managers that tap into climate change or social justice are typically much higher, higher fees, than what investors pay for low-cost index funds. But there are few standards for what actually constitutes an ESG stock bond or strategy. The ambiguity around ESG investments make it difficult for investors to understand or compare funds, and this has led to widespread concerns that those who sell funds are exaggerating their environmental or sustainability claims. Yes, but one SEC representative said the proposal would impose undue burdens on asset managers and nudge them toward less popular capital-allocated decisions. Others worry about the cost that may ultimately get passed on to investors. The green investing boom which hit $2.78 trillion globally last quarter, has posed growing challenges to regulators. But considering that financial industry has been profiting off ESG marketing with relatively little oversight, they can likely afford the costs associated with measuring how, and really if, their products are achieving those objectives. For our second story, World Bank President David Malpass said it's hard to see how a global recession will be avoided as the impacts of the war in Ukraine continue to take their toll on the world economy. Jay, for the peak pals who don't own a Bloomberg terminal, what actually is a recession? I don't own a Bloomberg terminal either, so the exact (laughs) definition of a recession is a bit fuzzy, but people generally agree that one is happening when a country's GDP declines over a sustained period of time, usually marked by a decline in economic activity, production, and employment. 
But not all global financial institutions agree that we're even heading into a recession. The managing director of the International Monetary Fund, the IMF, says it's not in the cards. Hmm. Thanks for the clarity. <laughs> anyway, so the world bank boss Malpass cites the impact of the war in Ukraine on energy prices alone as a factor that could trigger a recession. The World Bank already cut its global growth forecast for 2022 to 3.2% from 4.1%. And prices of long-term government debt, which is generally considered a relatively safe asset that performs well when people are worried about the economy, have increased in recent weeks. Four recessions have hit Canada since the 80s, the most recent being early in the pandemic. Without relief from governments or the central bank, a recession now could be especially painful. 60% of Canadian households already struggle with food affordability, and gas prices have soared by 50-0% in the last year. That's why I don't drive, and neither does anybody at the peak. For now, though, Canada's economy is still growing, unemployment is at record lows, and retail spending is still solid. All positive signs, but there's no doubt we have a rocky road ahead. Enter the world of art for our third story. With close to $3 billion of art sold globally in May alone, the art market is sparkling right now as buyers drop serious coin on pieces by legends and up-and-comers alike. After a pandemic slump, the market hit near record highs in 2021 with $65.1 billion in sales, a 30% increase from the year before. The upswing shows no sign of stopping as recent auctions by Christie's and Sotheby's have fetched hundreds of millions. Canadian art stole the show at both auctions, as the late Matthew Wong's piece Green Room sold for $5.4 million, which is a record price for him, and painter Anna Wyant's Summertime sold for $1.5 million, which is $1.2 million over estimates. Alex, what is driving big money art moves? Good question. Pandemic-era online bidding has allowed new buyers to participate anywhere without using an intermediary, creating a new pool of bidders. This is uh, particularly popular with bidders from Asia. A steady stream of new billionaires, as we've talked about before, there's one for every 30 hours since the pandemic started. I don't know when our time's coming, Jay. Uh, so these new billionaires are getting in on the action that's created demand for lesser known artists as markets happen. And art is seen as a safe investment in an incredibly uncertain market, providing stable long-term returns with gains comparable to those of high-yield bonds. Um, and then finally, big names have been hitting the market, not just Andy Warhol, whose shot Sage Blue Maryland went for US $195 million at auction recently, but also pieces from renowned artists like Jean-Michel Biscat and Mark Rothko have commanded eight-figure bids. Now, just because art auctions are more visible than ever, Christie's live-streamed auction this month drew 3.7 million viewers, that didn't actually mean it's more accessible for the average person. Despite platforms like Masterworks, shout out, full disclosure, they are an advertiser, <laughs> and Artsy, that aim to make art more affordable for investors, fine art collecting is still the domain of the excessively wealthy, which is... Is that you and I, Jay? I don't think so. <laughs> no, Getting there. It, it reminds me of the line from Ace Ventura, Pet Detective. If you're not a billionaire in the next 30 hours, just wait longer. Geek Pals, thank you for making us the most listened to. And only. It's news, news podcast in the country. If you got a second, why not follow this podcast on your app of choice and leave us a review. And if you want more Peak, make sure to subscribe to our daily newsletter at readthepeak.com. I'll be here for one more day on Monday. So, you know, Alb House can stick around. Uh, as always, thanks to Dale Richardson and 306 Media Productions for producing this episode. Thank you, Dale. And thank you, Alex. And thank you, Matt Rosenthal. <laughs>